Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Black Women Amplified, the podcast. Your host, Monica Wisdom Tyson, brings you downloadable conversations that matter to women around the globe. We discuss all things black girl magic, amplify our voices, and transform our challenges into triumphs. Monica calls on her league of extraordinary women to push our boundaries, share their expertise, and stories of personal transformation. Welcome your host of Black Women Amplified, Monica Wisdom Tyson. Hello, Black Women Amplified family. This is your girl, Monica Wisdom, and I am so excited that you're here today. This conversation, I love it. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, and I can't wait for you to hear it. But before we get into the introduction, let's do some housekeeping. But even before that, I just had the best time at my girl Cheryl's birthday party. It was a celebration of her young 60th, and I tell you what, we partied. I know the next day, people were just sitting in their chair because we partied like we were 20. It was amazing. She looked beautiful. People came from all over the country. I call her the mayor of the town that we live in, the real mayor. She's a mover and a shaker, but she is humble, beautiful, kind, very generous, and just an amazing person. And she read a poem that I'm hoping that she will publish so that everybody will hear because it was magnificent. So happy birthday to Cheryl. And everybody, cheer. Happy birthday. Thank you for an amazing experience. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be with us. So I am grateful and thankful that I was able to share such a beautiful day with you. A little housekeeping. I'm putting you all on a mission. You are my agents of change. Here's the thing. We need to get the word out about this podcast. These women that are on here, as well as myself, are sharing our whole hearts And these stories deserve to be heard by many. And you know, as Black women, it is hard for us to get ourselves out into the world. These are stories of adventure. These are stories of challenges. These are stories of triumph. These are stories of innovation. And people are sharing their whole hearts. And so I know that you're inspired. And I know that people in your tribe will also be inspired by these stories. So take a little time and go to the Black Women Amplified Instagram page. Share the information and your stories. Share them on your page. Text them, tweet them, all the things. And get the word out. Because here's the thing. Black women work better in community. So your support helps this community grow. If you're not hanging on the Black Women Amplified Facebook page, please hang out over there as well if you're on the Facebook. So that's all I have to say. And besides, subscribe, rate, and review. I'm going to say that a thousand times. Subscribe, rate, and review. Anyway, that's the precursor to this incredible interview. I can't get my words together. I'm so excited to introduce this to you because this is a historic moment in time. It's not my history, it's theirs, but I'm going to celebrate with them, right? These women have made history. Oh my God, not only have they made history, but they have broken through an area that black folk have been locked out of. I've been telling a girlfriend of mine, I feel like that this is the season of the great restoration. 
and they are restoring the land in a way that I never even imagined. Honestly, never even thought about. But let me get to the introduction so that you can get to know them and that you can get into this conversation because I'm so excited. It is a story, an adventure. It writes like, it reads like a movie. It was points of the conversation. I literally forgot that I was interviewing them and I was sitting there with my mouth open. (laughs) So I was like, what? Anyway, can't wait for you to have that experience yourself. Let me introduce to you Jasmine Irving and Ivy Wilborn. They are college besties who met at Spelman University. Listen, they graduated from college and their life became an amazing adventure together. From moving to the Big Apple back to California, Ivy is a celebrity floral designer and event planner. And some compare her to the great Preston Bailey. Her A-list clients include Miley Cyrus and the Smiths. You figure out which Smiths. <laughs> Jasmine is a force of nature, a former basketball player and philanthropist. And she is the founder of Grab a Ball and Play, an organization that helps inner city youth. During the pandemic, like all of us, business stopped. Needing a break from all of the things that were happening, they packed up their kids and drove to Mount Shasta. And that's where the next great adventure began. They went up there for peace, quiet, fresh air, and open spaces. And little did they know they would meet a man on the side of a road (laughs) that would make the biggest difference in their life, which led them to becoming the first Black women in America to own a crystal mine. This crystal mine is just not any crystal mine. It was formerly owned by Tiffany and Company. Now, listen, you know I'm excited about this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Let me introduce to you Jasmine and Ivy, and please give them a warm Black Women Amplified welcome as they share their story and their adventure. Hello, Ivy and Jasmine. Thank you so much for joining the Black Women Amplified podcast. You have no idea how excited I am. I am a crystal (laughs) fanatic. (laughs) So when I saw this, I was like, wait a minute, are they decolonizing the industry? Yes, we are. Yes, yes, we are. One rock at a time. One rock at a time. That's right. Before we get into the whole story of how you own a mine, the whole process, I want to know more about the village that raised you because who even thinks that one day I'm going to own a mine? Definitely not us. <laughs> I used to run nonprofits. Ivy used to be a celebrity event florist. We both always had an independent entrepreneurial spirit to us, but never in a million years did we think we would never. be minor <laughs> or mine owner. And that's just how life works. Yeah. Like the universe kind of brings things to you when you're supposed to have them. Yeah. So I think we were just in a place ready to receive and we received. Yeah. Right place, right time, and right hearts. We were both very open to it. So, uh, And that kind of leads to our story about how we got here. (laughs) Now, before you bought the mine, were you all crystal girls and outdoorsy people? So we'll tell you the story of how we got here. Okay. (laughs) We were very much outdoorsy people. We were very much rock hounds. We go to the beaches and, you know, in the woods and pick up rocks and stones all the time. And during the pandemic, we live in L.A. And our, our girls were out of school for several months. We decided to go up to Northern California uh, to Mount Shasta 
you know, he said, we're going to go spend a week in the woods. And we rented a cabin and we packed up the minivan and we drove up to Northern California. And so we were going to waterfalls one after another. And we were on one waterfall and we see this, a black woman. There are very few black people in Northern California. In this area. Um, Especially in this area of Northern California. And she was an older black woman with her niece and they were walking away from the waterfall that we were going to. And this is in the height of the pandemic where everybody has their masks on outside. And, you know, we were, okay, you know, we gave her the nod and she gave us the nod and, and she stopped and she said, and we said, Hey, you know, how was the waterfall? She said, it was great, but you've got to go to this other waterfall. It's called Bernie Falls. And, you know, we're okay. You know, and she's like, no, you've got to go to this other. (laughs) So we're like, okay. (laughs) Our day. And we look up the waterfall and it's like two hours away. And we're like, you know what? Tomorrow's our last day. We'll go tomorrow. And went home and got up the next morning and made the two-hour trek to Bernie Falls. Well, we're about an hour, I mean, about a mile away, Bernie Falls, and there's a man in the middle of the road. And he's waving his arms. And so we slow down and, you know, we roll down the window and we were like, are you okay? And he said, no, I, I hit a deer. And so we were like, well, well, his car's all mangled up. You know, and he's like, I've been out here for hours. You know, I can't, uh, there's no cell reception. Nobody will stop. And so we were like, oh, we tried to call 911, no cell reception. And, you know, by then it's like, we'd already been talking to him. We just looked at each other. We said, we've got to help this guy. Put on your mask, get in the car. And we drove him. (laughs) Wait a minute. Hold up. (laughs) (laughs) Put their hand up. This is already sounding like a lifetime movie. (laughs) It is. It gets better because it's more of a lifetime movie aspect to it later on. It does. So we we drove him to the next town and he looked harmless. I'm from Philly, so I had a golf club in my car. You were ready. You were ready. We 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 were And so we drove him to the next town and we called, you know, he called AAA and he called his wife. And now we realize he's in the middle of a road trip. So it's like nowhere near to help him. AAA is like, look, you can't get in the car with us because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll take the car, but not you. So we're, we're like, we can't just leave this guy on the side of the highway. So we said, we're committed now. We drive him back and we're like, we're going to wait for you to get towed and then we'll drive you back to the town. Mm-hmm. Well, seven hours later, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we've gotten to know each other a little bit. And, you know, he's asking, what are you guys doing in the middle of the woods? And we're like, oh, we're LA girls. We're just getting out of the city with our kids. And, you know, we got our crystals and we're just, you know, getting some zen up here. And he goes, wait, you guys like crystals? We're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so like, well, I happen to own crystal mines. And we were like, what? Why are you about to tell us about? So we spent the next several hours looking at pictures and he's showing us this. And we're like, these are all domestic mines. This is amazing. But who knew? It's like literally underneath your feet. Who knew? So this is up in Northern California by Mount Shasta. Yep. How far are you from Mount Shasta? We're about 12 hours. Okay. Drive a twelve-hour drive, so we're on. Not mean when you're riding with him, you're twelve hours away from Mount Shasta. No, we're about and two about two hours because we were staying in Mount Shasta, and and the the waterfall that we went to was two hours from where we were staying. Okay, 
and you know, end the day, we exchange information because he's like, next time I'm, he's like, it's my happy place, like going mining. <laughs> like, so next time I, the mine opens, he's like, you guys have gone out of your way to stay with me and help me. He's like, next time I go mining, I want you to come as my guest. And that's where the Lifetime movie starts. Yes, yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, we stay in touch. And four months later, he calls us and he says, girls, he's like, the mine is open. He's like, it's up in Nevada, you know, drive on up and meet us up there. And we, you know, looked at each other. We called our parents yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, let's do it. You know, like we're, we'll get our, get a hotel. We'll just meet them at the mine and yeah, let's do it. Let's go meet our hitchhiker. Yeah, let's go meet our <laughs> <laughs> with all of his friends. <laughs> yes, with all of his mountaineer friends. Let's go meet him. Now you are the only black folk on for the miles. For, for, for miles. miles. For miles. Okay. For miles. And so we, we drove up there four months later and we got up to the, you know, we get into a vehicle with them because you can't drive, can't drive the minivan up the mile, up the mine. You need a four by four. We get into the car with them drive all the way up. It's like a five mile ride and you get to the top and it's like the most breathtaking and beautiful place mm -hmm. that you can imagine. Um, there's crystals all over the ground. It's like, it's a very small private operation that they run. Mm -hmm. So you're up there with about like 10, 15 people tops. And it, we just oh, both fell in it. love. We both fell in love. And we, you know, again, looked at each other. We've been best friends for 25 years. So, you know, you, when you look at your bestie and you're like, mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> but we're like, this is what we're about to do for the rest of our lives. We're about to be minors. Like, I don't, I don't know wow. how. So oh, there wait. was no verbal conversation. You just look at each other. No, we there just were like, this is it. Nothing like, else that mattered from that moment on. Now, we're at a little bit backstory. How did you all meet and become um, besties? We, like, I want to know all the secrets. Because <laughs> I have a bestie of 30 years and we know it's all of each other's secrets. <laughs> we met in college. I went to Spelman. Ivy went to Howard. And we met because I used to drive up and hang out at Howard every other weekend. She partied. Um, she I used to party at Howard. Because <laughs> that's where the boys were. <laughs> yeah. so I would drive up and I would hang out with. I had another bestie that went to Howard. She would fly down to Atlanta every other week, and I would drive up. Her mom worked for the airline, so she could fly for free. So she would fly down every other weekend, and I would drive up every other weekend. And that was just how we hung. And uh -huh. they. They were friends and we became friends yes. and we never looked back. Well, all of us are still in a group chat. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. 25 years later. <laughs> and it's, you know, we, we live down the street from each other. Our girls are like a year and a half apart. And so we raised them as cousins and, you know, we're inseparable. It's mm -hmm. funny. One of our business partner calls, calls us and he's like, I know the other one's sitting right there. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> now ivy you were you were a celebrity florist yes which is also a thing that i you know went for and followed my heart it was something that i learned back in high school and i started business then by doing the boutonnieres and corsages for prom and i had like a little operation in my garage and my parents were my cashiers and you were able to like 
place your order and tell me your dress color. And I would make your corsage for prom. And that's how I started my business. And, you know, all through college, I always had like some kind of gram business where I delivered, you know, a turkey basket during Thanksgiving if you couldn't go home. And I always had that kind of business going. And then after college, after working corporate, I decided to follow my heart. Oh, and wow. I had a, an amazing job. I worked for the Washington Post and the owner of the Washington Post was my college mentor. And he is the one that pulled me to the side. And he was, because I used to do flower classes in the back conference room for all the employees. That's what we would do during lunch. And, <laughs> and he's, he found out I was doing that. And he said, you know what? I think you should follow your heart. He was like, you really, really are good at this. And maybe you, you should find, maybe this is something that you could pursue, have your own business. And at the same time, Jasmine was moving into to New York and she convinced me to move to New York City. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't Walmart. hard. It's New York City. <laughs> we all did New York for a couple of years. We did. <laughs> and it was the best time. We were in our 20s and, you know, we all had these great jobs and New York City, like as four black women, you know, we were like the black. We were like the black sex in the city. We really were, yeah. <laughs> That's I don't want to know the story. <laughs> it's not, it's minus the sex part, but we did do we did do the bar hopping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, New York is one of those places, the first, only place I've been to where you come out of the club at seven in the morning, go right to breakfast, and then go to bed. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. yep. Well, we did a lot. <laughs> and then you still have the you still have the um to be able to just go to work. Yeah, <laughs> and that was your twenties. That's what the twenties yep. were for. And so oh, you know, I, I that and now what some of the events that you worked on? It started back in 2004. Okay. And I worked for Will and Jada Smith for at least 18 years. Brandy and Ray J for 18 years. Kim Kardashian for years. Tisha, you know, Campbell and that whole crew. I, I do I, I do Black Hollywood, basically. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I became their Santa Claus and their like Easter Bunny. And so one of my jobs was to come in the middle of the night and stuff the stockings and bring out the big toys. Aww. And, you know, I was kind of a curious person who was always bringing out the, the, the toys and baskets. And I would leave bunny print, you know, feet <laughs> marks coming out of, out of, out of their, out of their door, you know. Elaborate. <laughs> and now how did you adjust to doing such a glamorous work to literally digging in the ground? You know what? Everyone always. You know, they always think it was so, so glamorous. Right. And because I'm going, well, I know to these it's hard work. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to amazing homes and I'm able to like, you know, see these celebrities. But yeah, but I'm the employee. I work in their home. I have to be quiet and I have to like not leave any dirt and I'm cleaning and I'm, you know, and it's, it's frustrating. And for me, it was challenging because I had to come up with these new concepts and outdo every single year, you know, from mm -hmm. the last year, they wanted their tree bigger and better than so-and-so's down the street. So now I got to come up with something huge, you know, and different right. for their. And so it, it was an, every year I would get knots in my stomach when the holidays would come around. So I knew <laughs> I was going to find those big trees that I dreaded. And, mm -hmm. you know, this was my first year because of us being able to move into this new industry where I did not have to climb a Christmas tree and it was glorious. So I've the pandemic was like a, Welcome yes, to break. <laughs> and I was able to say no for the first time. I always dealt with people who were like, well, of course you're going to be here, you know, and you, I, 
one of my clients said, well, Ivy, I don't even know how to do Christmas. They're like, you've always done my Christmas. So how mm-hmm. do I even do Christmas? And I'm like, okay, look, look, <laughs> I'm, you're going to learn today. You are going to learn today because I'm not doing your Christmas. And I put my foot down and we went full force with this because I rock business. And now we are developing it to become the industry changer. I honestly feel like we, although we're unicorns coming into the room of all these miners and mine owners, we are going to change this industry and make it one of inclusion and empowerment. And we won't be the, we will, we will not be the last black yep. people that we will not. When I was thinking about this, all I could think about the movie Blood Diamond. And so when I saw that you all owned this, mm-hmm. your name is on, I was like, Look at God. Yes. Like, great. I call, my girlfriends and I call it the great restoration is happening, right? Exactly. <laughs> the great restoration. And, and it's in Georgia. Yeah. And like plantation yeah. town in Georgia. Like when we oh, the, go- the mine is in Georgia. Yeah. Yes. So we so we are the first African American women to own a to have ownership in a domestic crystal mine. And so our mine is in Georgia. It's about two hours southeast of Atlanta. It's an amethyst mine that actually used to be owned by Tiffany and Company. I read that and I was like, wait a minute. Am I re- Everything I read was like, am I reading this right? Yes. <laughs> wait. <laughs> yeah. Like Tiffany and Company owned this land. Yes. Is it an actual mountain? No, it's actually okay. the, the great thing. So what we've learned and we've had a crash course in the last several years about mines, is they're all different. It's, you know, it's where the mineral is growing. This mine is actually under a lake. And so twice a year, we drain the water out of the lake into OSHA approved retention ponds. And we go down there in the bottom of the lake in the mud and mine in the mud and in the basin of this lake. And this lake is in like the back, backwoods, and you know, backwoods of Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) Backwoods of Georgia. It is not Atlanta. (laughs) So how far is it from Savannah? It's yeah, it's about two and a half hours from, so two and a half hours like Southwest of Savannah. And it's two and a half hours southeast of Atlanta. I'm real excited right now. You have no idea. Like, literally, I have crystals everywhere. I love that. I love it. <laughs> we'll have to send you one from us that you can wash. Oh, we do. listen. We let you. I would be I would be like a little kid. <laughs> Christmas. I was outside bar. I was out with my best friend the other day. And there was like this outside venue that had little vendors. Mm-hmm. And there was a table with all crystals. And, she, you know, I was right behind her, like, I'm sure you all are. And then suddenly, she, I guess she felt me stop. She turned around. She saw the crystal table. She said, not today. Like, yeah. <laughs> so the thing that's cool about when we first went mining, we went up the mountain, like we said, and we just both were in awe. And they, you know, showed us, oh, just look, you know, use a toothbrush and brush it off with some water. And, you know, just look how it goes from this to this. And we were like, oh, my God, this is the coolest thing ever. So we mm-hmm. went back to our hotel and we started the bathtub and we're like, we're going to dump them all into the bathtub. <laughs> we now know it would have been a horrible idea because it would have stopped the plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> but so we started doing a couple in the sink while we were waiting for the bathtub to fill up. And it was like, oh my God, look how easy with just this toothbrush, it just goes from like this dirty ball into like a gym. And this is one of the ones, this has just been cleaned with the toothbrush. I know they can't see wow. it, but I know you. I can see it. Is it a quartz? 
it's a it's and this mine is smoky quartz and it has it has citrine and amethyst running through it at this particular mine. This one is just smoky with citrine in it. And Beautiful. so we were like, this is an idea. Mm-hmm. Like, hold on a second. And it was like, like stop at that, up, stop it was like at that moment, like <laughs> you were still in the high <laughs> day that we were like, wait a minute, I think that we could bring this to other people mm-hmm. as like an activity for people to do. And so we had, we had scheduled a, a birthday party for mm-hmm. one of Ivy's old clients. It was like the pandemic. We were just coming out of it. And we were like, let's do this. We were doing this private birthday party in a backyard where everybody's social distancing with the mask and the whole nine. And we set up these little jars with dirty crystals in them. And we were like, you can take it and just wash it off and reveal your crystal. Let's see how this yeah. works. And we mm-hmm. got our little label makers and yep. labeled them all because I rock, you know, we'd come <laughs> up with a name and, and we got some bags and put some stickers on them. Yep. <laughs> and we were like, oh, we have a company. This is what we're doing. We got our end. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a hit. It was like, they were like, I've never seen anything like this before. And these are all celebrity kids. The coolest thing ever. We've seen everything. And so we were like, let's give it a little bit more thought. We did a couple more like events and we started kind of coming up with a concept for a box. And within about a month and a half, mm-hmm. we were like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to sell these dirty crystals and let people wash them. And <laughs> for the last two years... That's, That's amazing. Done. It's and it's nobody is doing it in the industry. We go, we mine them all domestically ourselves. So we mine them from either Nevada, Georgia, or New York. So they're all U.S. They're all U.S. grown. <laughs> we leave the dirt still on them and allow customers to wash them themselves. And it's like you talk about how you love crystals and you see them in stock. You've never held a crystal that's just straight from the mine, where nobody else has touched it, nobody else has cleaned it or washed it or brushed it off, and you're the very first person to see it. Tell us about the differences between crystals, because crystals are everywhere now. It used to be just like for the woo-woo kids, (laughs) you know, or the alternative folk but now you see them everywhere, not in just in jewelry, but people have crystals around them. And I know the younger generation loves crystals. So, but I often see crystals that look like they're, what's the difference between like a manufactured crystal and an unearthed crystal? Crystal. Well, I think that one thing is, is that crystals have been around since the beginning of time. And you know, one of the crystals that we have are called Herkimer diamonds. They, they are 450 million years old. Oh, wow. So they're the oldest quartz known to man. We also have our amethysts are are about 50 million years old, 40 to 50 million years old. And then our smoky quartz are about one to 10 million years old, depending on the size. Um, Crystals have been around since before humans, since before animals, since before anything. And then just in an ancient culture, they've been used from the beginning of time, you know, from the beginning of, of cultures. I was actually, we both listened to a a great podcast earlier today that was talking about just the power, like crystals are in your watch, in your cell phone, cell phone, in your, in your battery, especially quartz, the type of crystal that we, that we mine. But we like to say that it, we balance that line between the woo-woo and science. (laughs) 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 Uh, We do a lot of school presentations where we really focus on the mineralogy. 
you know, and how it grows and where it grows and what conditions need to be right for it to grow. But in our belief, it's that they're living and growing things just like you and, and I, and just like plants, they give off energy and they give up, they have a frequency. And when you align your frequency or when you use your crystal to help your frequency align with what you're focused on, then that's how it empowers you. It's not like a magic amulet or a token that, mm-hmm. oh, I'm gonna carry this one, I'm gonna get rich. You know, like people, you know, people, <laughs> which one do I need for money? Well, you may need a stronger foundation. So you might need something that is gonna help your root chakra. You might need to be a better orator. So you might need something that's gonna help your throat chakra. You might need to let go of your hurt and your heart. And so you might need something that's gonna open your heart chakra. Like it's it, for you to make money, it's not about somebody giving you a chip that's like a lucky penny. You know, it's about what are you doing the work on yourself and how are you aligning your own frequency to be able to receive that? So when we started and we said, you know, like this life kind of chose us and we were ready to receive it at the right moment, like people always put their hand up, like you stopped and you picked this guy up. Well, we were ready to <laughs> Even at that moment, we both were in a place where like, we're here to start something different with our lives, mm-hmm. you know, and we didn't mm-hmm. know the form of a hitchhiker on the side of the road, you know, <laughs> but that's what it. So were you all already in the conversation of we need to do something different or we need to open up a business together or were you in that conversation already? It was a pandemic. We both were out of work. You know, I ran a nonprofit that was encouraging kids to get out and play and we weren't allowed to go anywhere, you know. Ivy's, you know, clients, it's the same thing. We had to do social distancing. So it was here and there. We mm-hmm. might be able to get a little something, but it was at the most part for two independent people. We were out of luck, you know, and, and, you know, so it was really a time of like, what are we going to do? How are we going to start making money? Like, how are we going to feed these kids? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and, you know, part of going away was like, let's just clear our minds for a moment. Right. Ironically, before we left, we went to go see our guy that we buy crystals from. And he's like, I'm thinking about selling my business. We were like, you know, like, you know, good thoughts, you know, just, and then we go and we meet this guy and it, you know, it's, it, it didn't happen immediately, but it's happened so fast yeah. at the same time. And it really was just faith, you know, like having faith that what we were walking into was something that was better than what we were coming out of. And, you know, we still were, we're working now. Like the, like, like I'm saying is we decided we were going to be crystal miners and we decided we were, this is what we were going to do, but we didn't know how we were going to do it. And we went back to our kids nicknamed the guy that hit the deer, deer Mark. D-E-E-R. So we called Dear Mark after we went mining and we said, how do we become miners? And he's like, oh, he was like, he's like, slow down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, no, we want to do this. We want to do this. And he's like, well, call Paul, you know, one of the guys you met on the mine. And so we called Paul and Paul agreed to mentor us through the industry. And so mm. like, come on up. He's like, let's sit down and talk. So we drove up to his house in Sausalito and we, you know, brought our kids with us. Like, that kids again? <laughs> Sausalito off of Sandy, uh, yeah, San, San Francisco. Francisco. Uh-huh. Nice. And so we, we drove up and we, we had some friends that stay in Oakland. So we stayed with them and then drove over to his house that next morning. And we said, Hey, you know, we, we how do we do this? And you know, our skills are, we're, you know, we used to be event planners and we know how to do things. We know how to, we're hard workers. We know how to put things together. 
And we think that you should take people on mining trips and we'll organize all of it. And so he's like, that's not a bad idea. Mm -hmm. So we started a company with him called Peak Experience, where we take people on like high-end mining trips to these mountains. They're only open a limited number of days a year. So we take them to two different, either the Georgia mine or the Nevada mine. It's, you know, a, a full immersive experience. We give them their mining gear and we polish up stones for them and everybody gets pieces of jewelry made. And, you know, we document the whole thing from it. So it's like one of those once in a lifetime trips that we put together as like a, you know, once in a lifetime experience, adventure. adventure. Mm -hmm. And we work between them for us. We're the coordinators of it all. And, and we sell these trips. And so for us, it was a way for us to be able to keep going mining. And, you know, but in it, we were innovative. We realized this whole other market that we had started with Because I Rock really had such legs to it. And so we've worked with them over the last two years, which leads us to the mine ownership. Right. Paul. So you did experiences before yeah, you purchased the mine. Okay. And we just worked with them in partnership with the two mines. We developed this whole package and this whole, you know, adventure and experience. And these mines were owned by a collective of owners uh, that have all, you know, they've all been friends for forever. It's a very small collective. They own mines all over the world. Um, they're actually, the group is, they're one of the top six mine owners in the world collectively. And, you know, we just became like family. Uh, you know, we, 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 and we just jumped right in. Paul's like our mentor. We call him Papa Smurf. And, <laughs> and, you know, they just accepted us and embraced us in a way that was, it just felt right. Yeah. But it was, you know, it just was the right place at the right time and the right feeling and the right kind of people that were all really like-hearted. Mm-hmm. And Paul, our mentor, you know, he asked us to do him a favor one day. His wife, who's like our sister now, her parents were in a really horrible accident and her father passed away. And he asked if we could, he was like, I know you guys used to be in event planning and stuff like that. Can you help plan the funeral? Like, yeah, of course. So we planned this beautiful, like, celebration of life. We went up and, you know, up to Sausalito for the service. And we met all of Paul's other business partners. And so, you know, it was, it was a beautiful event. We came back home to LA and Paul called us and said, girls, I'm sitting down. And we're like, yeah, mm-hmm. we're sitting down. He's like, yeah, you know, you remember Tim, right? And we're like, ah, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, well, he's like my partner in this, my partner in that. He's one of the mine owners. And, you know, he just was really impressed with the giving that you guys have done, not only to dear Mark, but to Lisa, you know, his wife and, and helping plan this, this um, ceremony. And, and he just sees what you've done with peak experience and because I rock and, you know, he is shifting some things around and wants to gift his portion of the mind to you girls. And that's how we became the first African-American minor domestic owners. is he gifted us his share of the mind. And we are like, we still cry like every time because it's overwhelming. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And it's, I'm like, let me close my mouth. Yeah. It's, it's (laughs) so many things, you know, at the same time, but it's, it it all, it's like for us, it's, it's about following, you know, our passion of being good people, you know, but, you know, so just, 
you know, being ready to receive mm -hmm. and having that faith that, you know, this is, it's, it's like, again, another confirmation that we're doing what we should be doing. Right. You know, so any so down days, we're like, no, no, no. Like, this has been chosen for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing else we're going to ever try do. Chosen. <laughs> we are going to make you <laughs> successful, no matter what. We are, we are going to be continue mining. Yeah. Because <laughs> we got to go back. <laughs> well, you own it now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Here's the thing. You have mentioned a couple of times, Jasmine, about being open to receive. Mm -hmm. Where did you, because I know as Black women, we are very guarded mm -hmm. and we're very, I got this, right. I can do it myself. What opened up in you or how did it open up for you to be open to receive anything, let alone such a, an amazing gift? I don't want to say the pandemic, <laughs> you know, I think that the pandemic gave us all time to really evaluate what was important to us in life. And we all lost a lot, you know, and whether it was people, jobs, places, money. homes, mm -hmm. money, you know, so forth. I think that we all had to stop and kind of see what was important. And for me, one of the things I started doing, I started studying EFT which is like tapping. tapping. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just really connecting, like both of us, mm -hmm. we were like, let's just connect with nature. You know, like mm -hmm. we started going on camping trips, you know, we pulled some tents out and it's like, black girls camping, we right. need fires. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we, and we had to do that really for our girls. Like we, you know, we, we have had these tween girls mm -hmm. that life doesn't stop just because everything shut down. And, you know, there was still, lessons to teach them. Me personally, my daughter has Down syndrome and she's very high functioning. So most people wouldn't know. Especially <laughs> the attitude that comes. And the attitude. The attitude <laughs> But with when I had her, it was, you know, it was I had to learn to be ready. I, you know, I and I so I think that's where it started. I had to learn to like let go of what I thought life was about and embrace what life was giving me. There's a wonderful poem called Welcome to Holland that people from the Down Syndrome Associ Society and Associations give to mothers in the hospital <laughs> when they find out that they have a baby with Down Syndrome. And it's the, the poem in, in short is about, you plan this like great trip to France, you're going to Paris, you're going to Paris, you're going to Paris, and you get on the plane and the pilot says, this plane is going to Holland. And mm -hmm. like, wait, I made all these plans to go to Paris. You know, I, I mapped it out. I know what restaurants I'm going to. You know, this is supposed to be the trip of my life. <laughs> and you land in Holland and you realize that it's the most beautiful and peaceful place. You know, it's, you know, really about like taking what life gives you. It's not always going to work out the way that you want, but there's so many beautiful things that come out of it. And I wouldn't change anything about my daughter. Like, I'm like, she's my gift. She's taught me so much but I wouldn't have learned if I had not had her, you know? So for me, when I say ready to receive, I think it started with my daughter, but I think it was amplified during the pandemic of like, you know what? Like, again, life is not what we plan it to be. And we just got to make the best out of it. And we, you know, got to enjoy it because we only get one. Yeah. <laughs> and I determined to not ever have to decorate another Christmas tree, another Christmas tree ever again in my life. If I never had to get on that ladder, I was going to find a way to never have to get on that ladder. That was, that was my she motivation. She's been saying that for four years. Like, this is my last year. Oh. Now she's like, wait, what is it? You can't even watch a Charlie Brown Christmas anymore, can you? 
Oh my goodness. Well, I, now I have my own tree and I get to enjoy it with my family, you know? And yes, what happened yes, yes. Floor, with, with me being a florist for 20 something, like my first client was Aaliyah. If that gives you any idea of how long I've been doing this. And now you first, well, I know black don't crack, but <laughs> neither one of you look old enough to have this amazing. Thank you. Well, we're, we're uh, I mean, the, the longevity, I should say. Our later 40. But, but now Ivy, are you from Chicago? No, I'm from Monterey, California. Oh, you're Cal. Okay. I'm from Cal- I rarely meet people from California. <laughs> and I moved to Washington, D.C. when I went to Howard. And stayed there for some time and then ended up moving to New York City when this one moved. And after 9-11, we were all there in New York for 9-11. Mm. You know, all, all of our lives changed. Mm. And I had an epiphany that I should move my business that I had just started and I should move it to L.A. And really, it was because I knew there was more real estate. <laughs> I did large scale flowers. And so I could do, you know, a lot larger flowers. So did you do like what Preston Bailey does? Those yeah, type of. I know Preston. I, I met okay. Preston Bailey. Yes. The same thing. I met him one time and fell in love. Was- he is one of the most amazing designers. I wasn't apt to his level, obviously, but uh, <laughs> one of my inspirations. And yeah, you know, mm-hmm. she's, she's very close. I call her like the. Mac- oh, sure. Flowers. She's she's like, oh, give me two twigs. And then she's like, what? <laughs> That's what the challenge was. You had to always be on this, you know, having to come up with the next idea and the next. And they wanted it all bigger and better and bigger, you know. And I had one client that wanted me to give them three examples for every one arrangement so that they could choose. So imagine having to do three times the work just so that they can say, ah, I choose that one. And then I had one client <laughs> write all of their notes for them, you know, and then so that way they could choose which note they wanted. And they would have to have me give three notes and then they would choose from the three notes. And that was their way of giving a message to the person, you know. And so you realize that they're disconnected from from what mm-hmm. true life really is about. And I remember a lot of them, you know, really going into buying luxury purses and luxury this and that and jewelry. And it wasn't until this life that I've been gifted or that we've been gifted that I realized how little that means. Mm -hmm. And they might be dripping in these jewels, but they cannot tell you where any of them came from. Mm -hmm. And what we're able to do is actually go and get our own jewels. We are gem hunters. We're actually gem hunters, you know, like that. (laughs) What is that? Be able to put your hand in the earth and pull Mm -hmm. out something that has been there for millions of years. And then you get to own that and wash it. We call it birthing it. You birth your crystal when you wash it. And then Mm -hmm. the first person to see it, that's what's Mm life-changing. Like not going to these red carpet shows and dressed in jewels, going to a mountain and putting your hand in the earth and pulling out a big, huge gemstone. That's what's going to change you. And that's what I know that I can never live without ever, ever, ever again. (laughs) (laughs) So how has it, not just the business, but being able to physically be in the ground every day, how has that shifted you personally? Well, I think the the thing is we, we only go about four times a year. Okay. Do the mines because both of our minds are only open for a small seasons. 
Now, why are they open for small seasons? The, so the one that's under the lake, it's because we have to drain the lake. <laughs> oh, we, we have to run the, the water pumps, you know, 24 hours a day for the three weeks that it's open. And it's they're both very expensive. Most uh, both of those mines operated about fifty thousand dollars a day. So it's very expensive to run. We have, you know, staff out there that's driving the excavators and we have to rent the excavators and, you know, rent the dynamite equipment and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's a quite expensive operation for our partners that got into it where what their final use of the product is. And their final use of the product is they got into mining for the find. They're looking for the Hope Diamond. They mm-hmm. do in the fine mineral world. So they find, you know, perfect specimen, they sell it, you know, at the gem shows at Tucson and Denver in Germany. Okay. I you call know, it and, they, and they're million dollar rocks. You yep. know, it's like mm-hmm. they pull out pieces and they're like, oh, that, that'll pay for the dig for the year, you know, and then, <laughs> you know, what I mean? like, and they're so, like, okay. That, that's the material that they're looking for. And when we go, we get to dig for it too, but it's company property if we find the million dollar piece. Okay. You know, the, the assets of the sale help pay for the digs and then, you know, whatever's left over from the operations and stuff like that, then we all get to split. When we went the first time, and, after, and that's what we brought back to them when we went to meet, meet with Paul, was we realized that there was a lot of material that was being discarded. And mostly when you go to like crystal shops and you see like those polished stones, those mm-hmm. shards, you know, are not fully perfect gems are normally sorted, they're cleaned, and then they're sold to people that will tumble them. They're, you know, from mm-hmm. sold to people that will tumble them and then sell them to crystal shops. So they get okay. you know, rounded pieces of, oh, this is smoky quartz, oh, this is that, and people make bracelets out of them. And, you know, there's all different kinds of end use that could be for them, but they're only open a small season. So it's not like they're constantly producing that material. Okay. For us, so it's like their their business in that market isn't that grand because they're not, you know, it's not like the huge mines where they're day in and day out collecting this material and they have vendors that they're mailing them out to all over. So for us, when we started doing the cleaning, we were like, wait, we can box this up dirty. They're like, wait, you have people picking crystals? Like their biggest expense. They're like, you know how much money they have to pay to get these things clean before we can sort them. So it's like they were like, you guys are genius. You know, it's such a it's such an experience that people don't get to have, and nobody else is doing it. Like, not be the first people doing it. You know, and so that like for us was like we're doing something different. We're doing something Mm -hmm. unique, and like the joy that we get of mining when we go mining, because it's again, the most exhilarating thing in the world to go into the mud or go into the, the mountain. Mm-hmm. We've been to like different kinds of mines because now we're part of the mining community. So that our partners <laughs> have us go to <laughs> mines and we're like, Oh, now we get to mine for gold. Ooh, now we get to <laughs> <laughs> um, But when we do. So you've been to a gold mine. Yeah. yeah. Which is a whole different experience oh. inside the cave. Like that's when you go into. Oh. And you do it with um, a, with with a, a metal, metal detector. So it's like, oh. oh. So what we do now is we we have our online store where we sell our kits. And these are, this is like what one of our kits look like. Kits looks like. Um, it's just like a little simple box. We give you instructions with it. And you get a bag of dirty crystals. 
you get your own little like toothbrush to wash it off. You get your own little like cleaning solution and shine solution. So it's like a whole little nice. whole little experience. It's a mining. Uh, it's a, mine, a mining experience in the box. We call it all in the box. You all should <laughs> do subscription boxes. You know what? We we are getting into doing ones as we acquire more mines because our our selling. Oh, wait, point- hold up! Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! Flex. Yes. As we acquire more mines. <laughs> yes. Because okay. our, our, our whole selling point is that, <laughs> and that we mine them ourselves. You know, we, it's, it's like we, you know, the, you can get other ones from all over the you know world, but like these are ones that you know were are domestic and you know that they're hand chosen by either us or one of our partners. So as we start it, then we'll have enough to do like a monthly subscription. But right now we we offer three different stones. We offer smoky quartz, amethyst, or Herkimer diamonds. And in it, it's, you know, we do it as these boxes, which is great, but then we also do live events. And that's where we get like our joy, like, because our customers hug us after they were like, this is cool. And they hug us. Or it's like at every event, at least one person starts crying. They're like, Oh, it's connecting me. I feel the power from it. And it's the, you know, it's about the story. It is. Yeah. It's about the story. That are either, you know, like we get the holy rollers to like the crystal thumpers. We get and, and then the right. little kids, like the last oh. event, big event we did, two, I'm sorry, like two events ago, this little boy came by. He's like, it's like the veins are popping out of his neck. He was so excited. And so he watched one and he's like, this is the coolest thing ever. And he just kept coming back over and he was picking up rocks around the park and bringing them back and giving them to me. Now, you know, and it's like, so to have this joy, like the joy of this kid, you know, like just so happy was it like made my day. And then we yeah. do another event and he comes beating around the corner, same kid. He's like, so we, we get such joy out of mining ourselves and then seeing other people have the same like experience yes. that we had, that same awe. Like we call ourselves crystal doulas because yes. we, we sit over there and we walk, we watch over their shoulder and just wait for their excitement. And every single time they say, Oh my God. That you know, it's <laughs> it's really like we've been able to experience the power of awe and witness that whenever anyone is washing crystals. Mm-hmm. They are in awe. They can't believe that this little muddy rock is turning, turned into a jewel, like right in front of their eyes, just with water and a toothbrush. Mm-hmm. And having that experience, being able to sell that experience from you know the smallest kits to doing what we now have is our crystal caboose, which is our little trailer that we take with us whenever we're doing events, which is the coolest thing. It's like a little coffee cafe cart that we go inside and sell our crystal from there, which is our it's favorite. So cute. You got to check. We, it's on our Instagram. So when you get off, check our Instagram. Now, does the Crystal Boost have its own Instagram page? No, not yet. Because we just have, you know, and, we're, and we ta- actually talked about that yes. earlier today about doing a follow the caboose. Yes. Follow the caboose. Because right now we're taking it to private parties and private events. But we starting soon. My darling is having surgery next week. Yes. So she's having hip surgery next week. So say your prayers out there for Ivy over here. Yes. And after she recovers from her surgery, we're going to start our follow the caboose campaign. Yeah. Where we will be popping up in random locations for people to come and watch. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that'll be so fun. Yes. <laughs> that will be so fun. So what were 
the challenges that you all had as you were building this business? Because a lot of people, and I'm asking this question because stats have come out that over 40% of Black women are leaving corporate America and they're starting their own companies for reasons of, you all know the reasons. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not feeling safe, not feeling acknowledged, all of those things. So as business women, one, you all have been in business for a long time. What are some of the things that women should look for as they open up their own companies? And what are the challenges that you all have had making the shift into a whole new world? I think for us, that our, our biggest challenge has been financing. You know, we have pieced together every bit of self-funding that we could. And we're still struggling. <laughs> you know, we're still like, ah. but our passion keeps us motivated. <laughs> so like I said, even when we're on our down days, we're like, we are chosen to do this and we're going to do this. Yep. We're going to start a GoFundMe if we need to, yep. which we did. <laughs> and, and we're going to figure it out. But I, so I think that the biggest challenge, especially for African-American women is funding, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, they're not giving us credit from the door. Yeah. They're not giving us, you know, they're like, you can come open a bank account here, but we're not giving you a credit card. <laughs> you know, so it's like, there's, you know, that I think with anybody is a challenge. I think the other challenge for us is that nobody's done this before. So going and and trying to raise funding or capital has been difficult in that lens. The great thing about it, though, is that as Black women, we've gotten so much support from other women. And not only just women of color, like we've gotten support from women in general that are just like, you girl, go get this. Mm-hmm. You know, we have two stores here in LA that brought us in to do, have residencies. So we have standing events at two different stores here in LA that are both women-owned. One is uh, Black woman-owned. One is white woman-owned. But her full community is embracive. Of, em- they embrace all all different types. All of the people. Mm-hmm. And so being able to have other Black women, and we do events all around the city most of them are run by women of color that we found that support in that community so strong mm-hmm. that it gives us such determination to be like, all right, we don't need a big old bank right now. We're going to make this work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're going to figure this out. <laughs> so I, you know, I think that the advice that we try to give, because we've been asked, you know, this question a couple di- in a couple different ways is like, build your community, you mm-hmm. know, and, you know, know, like figure out who has your back, you know, who believes in you, like, we do a lot of social stuff and we share social stuff with other black women and other business owners, women business owners. And it's helped us to propel to where we are and help them to propel to where they are. Cause it's like, it's good to know somebody has your back. We both are HBCU grads. So, you know, reach out to our community, like, look, come on (laughs) y'all. Like we need to stick together. We need to support each other. And then also use as many free resources as you can. Mm -hmm. There are so many programs, government programs out there that you can tap into. We've been using SCORE, which is SCORE.org, and they they match you with a mentor. You know, mentor's job is to teach you how to do it. Like they won't make the contacts for you. They're going to teach you how to write the, the right press release so that you can get a lot more, you know, pub. And then, you know, we, we do a lot of putting ourselves out there. We call the radio stations, we call the TV stations, we send out as many you know alerts about what we're doing as we can because we know that this is a new concept. And no matter, no matter who we're bringing it to, we are the first. 
And it's, we know that they're going to be seeing this for the first time. And that's always, you know, that's always a challenge. I remember we did a party. It was actually at Miley Cyrus's house and she had us come over. Flex. <laughs> you know, she's one of our clients, but <laughs> he loves watching Christmas. So we <laughs> a whole bunch of crystals to her house and, you know, for all different varieties for her friends to wash. And her friend, one of her friends brought her own crystals because she thought that we were supposed to be washing her crystals. And that was, you know, her, when she said, when she heard she's going to be there to wash crystals, she assumed that that's what that was. And so we have I to- I call it like the Xerox effect. When Xerox first started making copy machines, people didn't know what a Xerox was or like what a copy, you know, it's like, so you had to explain and they had to give a demonstration and you can't walk around selling copy machines by carrying big copy machines, you know, they were used to be huge. So it's like, we're stuck in that same dilemma of like explaining to people what it is. It's, we've gotten better at it. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we've gotten better at it. We've gotten better at like our elevator pitch, our live events, people can't leave, you know, they, everybody else is shutting down and they have to come over and be like, girls, it's time to shut yeah. down. Like, I know you still have customers, <laughs> but <laughs> <so> people, <laughs> But we've been trying, you know, we've been working over the last year, two years, really, to develop it into something that we don't have to be in front of you telling the story for you to get it. Um, and mm-hmm. Sent boxes out or, you know, people that have received boxes. We just got a, an email yesterday from a mom that said that someone bought one for her daughter and how cool was it? And now she wants to do a party. You know, she's like, this is the coolest thing ever. So, you know, <laughs> We're starting to see the people that we don't have to be in front of you to explain it to you anymore. You know, they're getting it. And we're yeah. no longer just the Xerox. You know? <laughs> 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 it's like the computers. Like, what is this thing? Yeah. <laughs> you, that's what you should say. We're the internet of crystals. Yeah. <laughs> we're just the beginning. Okay. We're just the beginning. That, I mean, this is so beautiful. Like, I'm so happy for you all. Any way that I can support you. I mean, I'm in St. Louis, but any way that I can support you, please reach out. I love to see Black women win. Yeah. Thank you. Especially in an arena that I don't want to get into like a, you know, power to the people conversation, but an arena that we've been locked out of. Mm -hmm. Yes. And see that someone said, I'm going to open the door and let these young women in and let them do what they need to do. And you all have already innovated the with your experiences you've already innovated the industry mm-hmm. and oh my goodness that is beautiful I'm so glad you all are sharing the story and like I said truthfully any way that I can assist you please reach out I know we don't know each other but you know <laughs> you reached out to us part of the community sisters in spirit and we're gonna mail you a crystal so you have to give us your address so we can mail you a kit oh definitely so you are still challenged in financing mm-hmm. What other avenues are you all looking at and to bring in income to your business? Or are you still looking for financing? We're still, we're, we're still looking for financing. We're, write, we're writing grants every day. <laughs> just every about every day. day. <laughs> we are doing grassroots just with GoFundMe and tip jars. We put together a pretty detailed plan that we're working with our sport advisor um, to start mm-hmm. with venture capitalists. Just trying, and then we're we're pushing, we're hustling sales every week at events. Right. You know, we we're doing, you know, we're we're still doing the right now. My whole entire car is parked outside, filled with stuff from our life. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, you know, we're 
small angles. We're hustlers, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day. That's how, you know, Black women, that's who what we are. We want to make it work. We're moms. You know, we're going to listen. That's why they call us magic, because they're like, how did you do this? Program. I don't know. You just had to do it. <laughs> it wasn't a choice. <laughs> exactly. So, we, you know, we're we've been in, approached by a lot of different people that are like, oh, you know, are you guys looking for investors? Are you guys looking for this? Are you guys looking for that? Like, how do we get into mine ownership and things like that? So we've been, you know, approaching conversations, but I, you know, our, our ultimate goal is to be able to raise the funds and, you know, keep ownership of the company and grow it, yes. you know, and then be in and have something that we can hand down to our kids, you know, and, you know, a legacy for us. It's, it is. It's something that, you know, we can pass on to our girls and be like, now you guys are mine owners too. <laughs> Oh my goodness. It's like Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> You're starting with the bare roots and then eventually you all will be Tiffany and company. That's what we're going for. <laughs> you get it. I always tell people, I'm like, be careful with investors though, because it's not always as yeah. beautiful as people think it is. Yeah. And or that's like, what- it's, it's great right now to get capital, but five years later, then you're going to be, it's, yeah. it's, you all know you're in, you've been in many industries, you've seen it. So as much as you can do on your own, and I know that's hard to say, and especially when you got mouths to feed. Yep. <laughs> avenue that we're trying to go because it's we, I, you know, and that's something else we discussed early on is that we want to retain as much ownership as we can because that's how you that's yep. how you win, you know. That is how you win because if you look look at Walmart, they're still a family company. Yeah. <laughs> they are still a family company. So what is next? for you all? Oh, you know, it's funny when we sent our plan to our mentor, he was like, "Woo, that's a lot. <laughs> he was like, so this is like the 20 year plan? And we're like, yeah, you know, so I think we have enough on our plate as far as what we've laid out we want to do. Right. Mm-hmm. That we, the crystal caboose was kind of our next big move is getting this and it's the cutest little thing. Five years down the line, we want to have a fleet of them and be yep. franchised <laughs> in other cities. We, you know, have our, you know, flagship location planned out of how we want to build mm-hmm. it and what we want it to look like and all those different things. But, you know, I think it's a, t- a 10 year, I mean, I said maybe a 10, 15 year right. plan, not a 20 year plan. <laughs> Actually, like, well, where you all are going, it might be next year. Yeah. <laughs> a documentary uh, style show about, you know, we've come up with a concept called Mining Her Business to show like black women in the mining industry, even when, just women in the mining industry. We have a couple other friends um, that we've met now that are young women that are, you know, top tier, either mine owners or, you know, top office of mine owners that are young. And we, we all go mining together now. We're like, girl, <laughs> so, you know, I think introducing this world and this industry to people in that aspect, not only helps our brand, but it educates people on, you know, you can be doing this too. Yeah. So the, we have a lot of plans in the future. A lot of plans. And you know, it's it's disruptive because we tend to teach our kids, go be a doctor, lawyer, yep. you know, baller, all of those top five professions. Mm-hmm. But when you talk to the people who are billionaires, they're like, oh, I just make widgets. Yep. Yes. I'm, I manufacture yep. widgets. You do what? I make, just you make know, the little tip of the tennis shoe I make that (laughs) and we're worth 20 billion dollars it's like (laughs) widget world is where it's at (laughs) exactly exactly 
So this is beautiful. I just, I have one more question before we go. I could talk to you all forever about crystals, but I know you're busy doing your business. So I always ask everybody, what is your black girl magic superpower? Oh, that's a good one. I think we have, I, I know personally, I, I think I can speak of yours. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you have a very kind heart. Oh, thank you. Yes. She's a very kind hearted person. Like she kind of is the warm person in the room that everyone gravitates to. And not to say that I'm not kind hearted. No, she's, very kind. she's very <laughs> But that, that's what I recognize most about you as being your superpower. And that's why everyone gravitates around you. You're kind of like a glue. When 9-11 happened and we were all in different places all over New York City and we all had to make our way through, you know, the horrible day that we all experienced, we all ended up on her doorstep. We all ended up on Jasmine's doorstep. And it was, you know, we didn't have cell phones. You couldn't call anybody. You had to literally find your way through the city the best way you could. There were no subways, no taxis. You had to walk places. And I personally found a yellow page book that was hanging from a, a, a phone and found the bar that we would frequent <laughs> <laughs> that was across the street from her house. There was a bar that we would go to all the time and it was across the street from her house. I was like, if I could find that bar, I can find her apartment. <laughs> and I found the bar in that yellow page book and I remember walking up to her building and then I had to find the apartment because I didn't know which one it was. And finally, I, the door opens and it was like an episode of This Is Your Life. It was all of our like, 20 people, friends from, you know, college and before college, after college, old boyfriends, old girlfriends, you know, it was everyone. Baby mamas. All the baby, <laughs> all the baby mamas. All the baby mamas. <laughs> right, right. And we all ended up on your doorstep, you know, and that was for a reason. So. Mm -hmm. And I would, you know, that is magic. Is Ivy brings people together. She's she likes to call herself a party starter. A little bit. <laughs> she likes to call herself. A I am. And I think that's why we're <laughs> yin and yang because we both like our yin and yangs work with each other to draw people in. Right. Ivy's the type that she's gonna get make sure everybody is having fun. Yeah. She's also gonna make sure everybody has a blanket at the end of the night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like the mom in the group. That she's like the cool. She's not like the mom. She's like the cool auntie that's like mm -hmm. fun, <laughs> but I'm not gonna let y'all get in trouble. <laughs> like if it's everybody at the end. Of <laughs> You're the one everybody calls before they call their mama. <laughs> exactly. Love it. There's auntie because I'm like, look, when you get in trouble, call her. Yeah, she'll come get you. I will. She'll come get you. She will. She'll tell me everything. But she'll tell you. She won't tell me everything. Yeah. And that's the agreement that we have. <laughs> and you know, oh my good. Our other Go power is that we believe in ourselves to no end. Yeah. There is nothing that will keep us from getting this this business, yeah. you know, to the place that we want it to go to. There's nothing, mm -hmm. and we both know that. And so when you have that. And that's your driving force. You get up every day knowing that your business is going to be successful. Then it kind of makes you're not you're not working at all. Like we're just it's, living we're living the dream. It's funny. I I saw that I actually reposted on my personal Instagram today was this experiment where a guy was holding a tuning fork, and it was a tuning fork for like 412 hertz, and he held another tuning fork next to it that was like 500 and something hertz, and he banged it and nothing happened. And then he held up a second tuning fork that was also 412 hertz. And he, when he hit it, the ball started bouncing off of the other one. 
And the whole idea was that when two things are aligned and in harmony, like other can happen. If it's something, if your frequencies aren't on the same line, then it's chaos. You know, it's like stillness. But for mm-hmm. us, I think we work so well together mm-hmm. that it's like, it's just moving us forward. Like it's clearing the path for us. It is. You know? it is. The door, so just, I was... the door swung <laughs> open and we simply walked through. Yeah. That is, I'm sitting here because I'm thinking you're like, oh, we had to go get finance. And you're like, no, it was a gift. You know, it's really beautiful. One, that you were in the space to receive it. And two, that he was in the space to gift it. Yes. Especially when you're talking about a cultural chasm. Yes. And financial chasm. Person third removed from the person that we picked up. So this was not be rescued. This is not the person Mm -hmm. to be our mentor. This is he just met you at a funeral. (laughs) I was like, oh, by the way, here you go. (laughs) And now we're like, oh, he was watching us. And I think that's also, you know, for us, it's motivation because it's, you know, somebody's believed in us, you know, and all all Mm -hmm. believed in us. And, you know, it's not that we have anything to prove to them, but when you have that power behind you, you're like, well, I've got. Yeah, like we yeah. like we can't just take this opportunity and let it flop. Like no. we've got to, you know, we've got to make we've got to make it work. Now. We're gonna do it. <laughs> We're gonna do it or die trying. Yeah. Mm. That's just it. That's how you do it. Yeah. Because clearly, this is what you were. Everything was in place for it to happen. This yeah. life shows up. You didn't, you didn't have to. You didn't have to find celebrities to get the experience. You have that. You didn't have to find you know a way to do it. It came to you. So everything. Yeah. Not only did you receive it, you attracted it. So mm-hmm. that that, and both of you were glowing. So I already know that <laughs> you're magical beings. <laughs> well, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. You are welcome anytime to come and chat with me and tell your friend the beautiful artwork is amazing. I know. Thank you. You can look her up. She's she's fantastic. I mean, she's she blows us away. <laughs> But I have to tell you, this has been a very inspiring conversation. It is a exercise in trust and faith. And you all have passed the test. (laughs) (laughs) And the fact that you said yes, because often we often say no to what's what we've been praying for. Yes. And I'm just I'm really, really inspired. And I'm so grateful that you all said yes to me. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You are welcome. So are you going to go dig in some dirt now or? Well, we're going to daily wash. We get to wash two crystals a day. That's what we allow each other to wash. So we'll, we'll, we'll... <laughs> and get high supply. You're only That's allowed to do two, two. a day. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise you'd be there all day. All day. <laughs> very, very. Well, now we started videotaping it so that we could at least use it for social. Because before we were washing, I'm like, oh, they were like, hold on a second. Maybe we could videotape you. <laughs> so we got about making our habit productive. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, thank you again. I appreciate you all being here. Thank you. And like I said, you are welcome anytime. This has been a beautiful conversation. I can't wait for you all to hear it all done up. Send us your information so yes. we can send you a box. Oh, I can't. I, listen, I'm going to be like a little kid in the middle of the floor. <laughs> And then you just have to take a before picture before you okay. get them clean and then send us the before and the after. That's all we ask for. <laughs> oh, I definitely will. Do you all know Cedar Lewis? No. Oh. 
that owns Miracle Buttercream? No, 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 I don't. Okay. She was on the show a couple of months ago, but she is um, Butch Lewis's daughter, but she started, she used to be in television production. So you all were talking about a TV show. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. And now she has her own uh, Miracle Buttercream. She sells a... Uh, Oh, nice. What is it? Shea butter. She makes okay. her own butters. Wow. So I'm going like to connect you all via email and maybe you all can do some Absolutely. connecting. That would be fantastic. <laughs> I that. Thank you. Again, thank you all for being on the Black Women Amplified podcast. I really appreciate your time and your energy and your stories and sharing all the things. And may God continue to gift you with all everything you need in full abundance and prosperity. And I'll talk to you all soon. All right. Thank you. Have Bless a good day. You. Bless Thank you. you. Thank you for listening to Black Women Amplified. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe and log on to blackwomenamplified.com for more information. Keep shining. Keep shining.